turn to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at all three places that this topic is taught. It is a topic that has unfortunately caused a lot of fear and anxiety. And, um, and what's even more unfortunate is that there are church leaders who use this topic to produce fear and anxiety. Um, it is the topic of the unpardonable sin. The Word of God clearly teaches it. But what is it? Is it something that we can commit today? Is it something that you know if you've committed? Well, we're going to look at the only three places in scriptures that teach about the unpardonable sin. Now, you know, its name gives the definition of what it is, that there is a sin that God will not forgive. Just one. There's only one that we're taught in the whole Bible. There's only one that is unpardonable. So Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 31. Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. He says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And it says, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, turn over to Mark, and I put the scriptures here, just in case. Mark chapter 3, he says, Verily I say unto you, All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies, wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Because they said, he hath an unclean spirit. That's a very uh, important verse there, because it's putting how this sin was committed in context of who was there with Jesus and what they said and the time that they were there. We're going to get in, into the conditions of how this sin was committed here in a little bit. But right now we're just looking at the only three places this sin is taught. Now look at Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 verse 10 says, And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. So here are three distinct areas and places. And this is the only three. There are some men who want to add other scriptures to the unpardonable sin, such as uh, the scriptures in Hebrews, uh, which we can talk about here in a little bit. Um, before we look at the study of this, I want to relieve you all of any anxiety. I do not believe this sin can be committed today. I do not believe the unpardonable sin can be committed today. Now, because if you put it in context, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit was specific to the situations that were in Christ's day. 
the ministry of Jesus Christ. It was specific uh, for you to be able to commit this sin. You would need Jesus on earth and doing public miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not to say that it cannot never be reproduced. It's just not reproducible today. We don't have public miraculous works of the Holy Spirit like Jesus was performing. And then it wasn't so much the Pharisees were blaspheming Jesus. They were blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit being the spirit of Beelzebub. Now, that was a very specific time and place. So I do not believe that you can uh, commit the blasphemy or commit the unpardonable sin today, but you could in that time. Uh, Jesus is not on earth. No one can personally see Jesus perform a miracle and then attribute the power of that miracle to Beelzebub. Now, another thing that we need to look at as far as context goes, the Pharisees knew this was the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees were not ignorant. They knew that, just as, you remember Nicodemus said, he goes, you must be from God. No, you know, all the miracles which you are doing, you must be of God. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. But these Pharisees that who had uh, claimed that the Holy Spirit was the spirit of Beelzebub, they knew better. And so um, that is just the introduction. And what I wanted to talk about is some distinctions. Okay, so uh, the thing is, is the Pharisees, even though they knew that it was the Holy Spirit and that there was no denying that it was of God, yet they denied the truth and then they slandered with malice and with poor and awful motives. They, they just had a malice of heart and they accused Jesus of performing the power in the power of Beelzebub. So it, it was an overt demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Now, I like what one of the Puritans said, in order to commit the unpardonable sin, you have to have two things. You have to have the light in your mind and malice in your heart. And then you have to have the performance of the Holy Spirit in visual. So this is, uh, I mean, I've read many scholars, I've read it myself, I've read it in context. I believe this is a unique situation that was it, during this time. I do not believe that you can actually uh, commit the unpardonable sin in our conditions today. Now, just the fear of doing that is, is a good indicator that you have not. Just the anxiety of being able to do that is a good indicator that you have not blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's scary. It's scary that there's a sin. I remember as a child, I, I was saved, and this topic came up, this subject came up. It scared me to death. When was the first time you were taught about the unpardonable sin? I was scared out of my wits. I mean, and so as a child, I was like, everything in my body, I was like, don't blaspheme, don't blaspheme. Don't blaspheme. I mean, I was crying. Don't blaspheme. And then I think in my mind, I said, I blaspheme. Oh, no. And then I went bawling to mom because I thought I blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you know. And so that I didn't. 
But in my mind, I wasn't taught enough of this truth. And unfortunately, you have a lot of people who are pushing their religious agendas on this, making it a scare tactic. And that is awful. And they don't understand the truth of the situation that was there. It was undeniable work of the Holy Spirit being performed in their very eyes. The Pharisees knew what it was, but yet with malice and blaspheme and just irreverent wrath, they accused the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit to be the spirit of Beelzebub. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's unpardonable. So a few distinctions that we want to make. There is a... a a distinction between unpardoned sin and unpardonable sin. All sin, if it's not forgiven, is unpardoned. And it might as well be unpardonable. Because both are eternity in hell. If you die without having your sins pardoned, you die with unpardoned sins, well, that's also eternal death just as much as the unpardonable sin is. So there needs to be a distinction between uh, those two things. Uh, again, I don't believe this is where you know, some scholars will want to add Hebrews chapter 6, where it talks about once those, those who are once enlightened, uh, those who fall away. Uh, I believe that's teaching a different thing. We were in Hebrews chapter 6, if you remember us going into detail uh, about what that was. And then there's also uh, Hebrews chapter 10, which talks about um, those who continually and willfully sin. It says there's no more sacrifice for sins. Uh, we'll certainly talk about that uh, as we go. And then 1 John 5.16 talks about the sin unto death. So in these three places, it's not talking about the unpardonable sin. So one thing to distinguish between unpardoned versus unpardonable. There can be many unpardoned sins, but there's only one unpardonable sin. Murder can be unpardoned, but it cannot be unpardonable. Does that make sense? You can die in your sins, and you've committed murder, and you've done all these, you've done, committed all these sins. Those are all under the category of unpardoned. If the Lord has not forgiven you, all your sins are unpardoned. Uh, he doesn't pardon some and not others. If, if you're a believer in Christ, you're born again, all of your sins have been pardoned. Um, so even murder, if you committed murder before you, know, you were saved or whatever. But murder can be unpardoned or pardoned, but it cannot be unpardonable because there's only one specific unpardonable sin, and that's blaspheme against the Holy Ghost in the conditions which we, we gave. So what, the, what it is not, it's not, the unpardonable sin is not any sin committed against man, God, or the law. And that's a lot. Uh, or even Jesus. Um, because if you look in, where are we, Luke? Look back at Mark. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 28, says... Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies, wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme. That means all can be forgiven, but he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost never has forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. And remember, 
Be why did he say that? Because they said, who? The Pharisees, the religious rulers, he hath an unclean spirit. They took the reality, they took the truth of what was happening, and they blamed it on Beelzebub, or they said it was of Beelzebub. So, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is not any sin against man. As cruel as they can be, I mean, think about how cruel this world can be. Uh, men's crimes against men, women's crimes against, I mean, just all of the despicable things that we see, uh, depravity, corruption, the, the imaginations of the heart, just the wickedness, things you don't want to, I mean, things you click away on the news from. All of those sins are not unpardonable. They can be pardoned. So it's not any sin against man. There's also any sin against Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, these can be sins like of denial of Jesus' deity, his sonship, the crucifixion. Even the men who crucified Christ, none of those were unpardonable. They could have been pardoned. But, but here's the thing, is unless you turn in faith and trust in Jesus Christ, all your sins are unpardoned. So the truth is in Christ. So if you reject the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay, that's not the unpardonable sin, but that does mean that your sins are unpardoned. That means that you will still suffer the eternal hell of the fate. Also, it's not any sin, not one sin can you commit against the law. It's pardonable. It's not unpardonable. Or against God the Father, in Matthew 12, 31, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, uh, even against the Father. And also, it is not every sin. Now, notice I put any sin. So that's the distinctions. Any sin can be committed and be pardoned. And every, not every sin, well, let me put not. Not every sin, even against the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean it's unpardonable. So there are sins that you can commit, you can resist. Uh, as Stephen said in Acts chapter 7, um, now we do believe in irresistible grace, so where does that come in? The, the only place in Scripture where it says that we can resist the Holy Spirit is where Stephen had uh, claimed that their rejection of the gospel and them setting to want to persecute Stephen and injure him for what he was saying, Stephen likened their behavior to the fathers and the prophets. He said, you're stiff-necked, always resisting the Holy Ghost. But what he, he intended to mean there was is they are acting just like their fathers did, killing the prophets and everything. It's the only place that we have a resistance of the Holy Spirit. Um, we know that if it's God's effectual call, you're going to come. You're not going to be able to resist that, and nor do you want to. So God does not violate free will. So I'm not going to get into that, <laughs> but uh, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. That's a sin. You can ignore the Holy Spirit. None of those sins against the Holy Spirit are unpardonable. They can be forgiven. So as we keep working this way down, um, what is the unpardonable sin? So we, what it is not, but what is it? Blasphemy. It's specifically blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
That means to speak injuriously, slanderously, that word is slanderous, irreverent defiance against the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit in the conditions that we see in Matthew chapter 12, Mark chapter 3, and Luke chapter 12. Uh, the examples of the Pharisees who said that he had an unclean spirit in Mark chapter 12, Matthew t uh, tells us that the Pharisees attributed the work of Christ, the work of the Spirit, to Beelzebub, the prince of demons. They recognized, the Pharisees recognized the Holy Spirit in the miracle and slandered him by calling him an unclean spirit. Um, so under here, I know it's hard to read. Um, so we saw what blasphemy is and the conditions found in Matthew, they are unique. Um, I like this. There's a, there's a few uh, Puritans that are out there that talk about this. First of all, there must be an unmistakable work of the Holy Spirit. And these public miracles in which Christ did, there must be a, a miraculous, unmistakable work of the You can't accredit to anything else. It must be the Holy Spirit. Dr. Brodus thought the sin was committed in connection with public miracles and therefore cannot be committed in our day today. Meaning it it is the undeniable work of the Spirit giving power to miracles. And so we don't have public, overt, uh, very miraculous and awe-inspiring miracles today. We don't need those today. Uh, they were done for a purpose in the past. Uh, they were definitely to validate the, the claim which Christ made and the, the claim the church made about Christ. So we don't have that work today. There must be knowledge that it is the work of the Spirit. It can't be something that you ignorantly do. Um, it must be, you must acknowledge that that definitely is the uh, third person of the Godhead working. And so the unforgivable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit in the context of the Spirit's work in the world through Christ. Uh, it's unique. Uh, we see Paul talk about him when he was not saved and he was persecuting the church. He was causing men and women to blaspheme Christ. And he did it ignorantly is what he said. Uh, but the Pharisees knew better. The Pharisees were not doing it ignorantly. They knew the miracles had performed in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was not a case of mistaken identity like it was with Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus literally thought that Jesus was a false prophet before the Lord saved him. He did it ignorantly. And he thought that the things that he did, but he, we did falsely. But the Pharisees knew that they could be, there's no other explanation than this is a work of the Holy Spirit. Um, even John the Baptist said the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so, uh, like a dove. Now, I do like this. Um, if this helps settle your anxiety, do I have it down here? Yeah. So this was the, the Puritan, uh, Thomas Goodwin. I like what he says. He says, two things are necessary in committing the unpardonable sin. And I put it right here in case you can't see it. Light in the mind and malice in the heart. Now think about 
the condition that you would have to be in. It would have to be a very strange condition where you have the light of revelation. You know it's the work of the Holy Spirit, yet you still have a contemptuous heart, yet you still have a darkened heart. The Holy Spirit's not convicted you and converted you, but you know it's the work of the Spirit. And so your motive, think about the motives of the Pharisees. They were very impure motives. I mean, these were uh, professional religious people who saw this as rocking their, their cart, right? They, they thought that the, they were of the religious prestige. And, you know, you think about it. They finally worked their way to the top. You know, they had to go through all of the, uh, all of the what do you call it, uh, the seniority, Think about, you know, working a job or a union job where you've got all these people above you and you're like, man, that's the job I'm going for. That's the job I'm going for. I feel so entitled. And once you finally put in the time and the hours and the effort, especially with union, that's all it is, is time, how much time you've been there. Uh, you finally have seniority to where you can take that spot. At least I did at UPS with the Teamsters. Um, there were so many people in front of me. I had, I had to do my time. Think of the Pharisees, the religious rulers. They had to do their time. They had to make the sacrifices in order to get to where they're getting. And now you got somebody coming along and, and trying to disrupt all of that. I mean, think about that condition to where this is a Lamb of God. This is the Messiah who's coming in the power of the Holy Spirit, performing miracles, raising people from the dead. Uh, now, you've got to remember, the, the miracles we see in the Bible, all, you can take all the miracles, and they're not that long of a span of time. I mean, there wasn't a miracle every day in the Old Testament. There is such a condensed amount of miracle after miracle in the New Testament, more than any other place. It was just, it was just one day after another, there was a miracle. There was no denying it. And so they had the light. They knew this is the Old Testament Messiah. They knew what all these things meant. But yet they hardened their hearts. Their hearts were darkened. And, I mean, they just took it to the next level and started just uh, slandering the Holy Spirit, the work of God. That's a darkened heart, but with a lightened mind. So think about how hard that would be to replicate today. That would be kind of hard. Um, especially if you have Jesus doing overt or any doing overt, uh, undeniable works of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then you attribute that, I mean, to Beelzebub or the power of Satan. So I like these two, two, two comments. Anxiety or fear. Anxiety or fear of having been guilty of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is in itself evidence that one is not guilty of it. Well, I was really relieved when dad and mom sat me down and, you know, calmed me down because I thought I was going to hell because I committed the unpardonable sin. Uh, and they sat me down, calmed me down, and, and said, you know what, it's this, you did not commit the unpardonable sin. I mean, they didn't go into the whole expose of everything I just taught you today but it was a very specific thing that they did in that time. It would, it would need to be a replication of the conditions Jesus was in for it to be possible again. Hopefully that makes sense. Those who are afraid they have committed the sin may be assured they have not. It must be a malice. It must be an intentional harm. You want to harm the reputation. You want to slander it. 
you want to make people believe that it's not of God, it's of the devil. All right, why? Real quickly. I ran out of room. Did I, I, didn't, I don't think I got, oh, here we go. But anyway, why is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit unpardonable? It's not because the sin is too great for the blood of Christ to atone. There is no sin that Christ cannot pay for. Okay? It is not because the death of Jesus Christ wasn't sufficient for that particular sin. It's not that reason. Secondly, it's not because that sin is too great for God's grace to cope with. That where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Okay? So it's, not, it's beyond God's grace. We must attribute that God has made this true out of his own sovereign will and purpose. He has sovereignly chose for this sin not to be able to be forgiven. It's not that Jesus' blood couldn't. It's that God has sovereignly chosen for it not to be forgiven. So um, that is God's determination. So we conclude the Holy Spirit, if you think about it, because of this is highly honored within the Trinity. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can ignore the Holy Spirit. We can do all these things. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Um, and all of those things that God will forgive. But the Holy Spirit is the person. It's not an it. It's a he. Okay? Even when we call it irreverently it, it, it that's still forgiven. It, it, it's the person. It's the third person of the Godhead. It's... The Holy Spirit is a he. So, and he, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to Christ. It's to point us to Christ. It is to convict us. It is to convert us. It's to bring us light. It's to raise us from the dead one day. And it is to glorify Christ. We're not to worship the Holy Spirit. We're to worship who the Holy Spirit is leading us to worship. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to worship him not the Holy Spirit, it's himself. I almost said itself. <laughs> I know we all slip from uh, the tongue. But the important thing, the main thing to worry about, I believe, when it comes to the unpardonable sin, is unpardoned sin. Because that is the one thing any person is in jeopardy of. Dying and having their sins unpardoned. Because the result is just is bad, just as eternally bad. So John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. First John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the scare tactics that people will use, and not just scare tactics, but there's a lot of people out there who believe they're beyond the forgiveness of God. They, they think that they have committed so many sins that there's no way God would forgive them. But what does Paul say? Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. If you think you've gone too far for God to forgive you, look at what Paul did. And so that's not the case. As, as we preach, as, as we study, it's the unpardoned sin. If you're saved today, all your sins are pardoned. All your sins are forgiven. And so I believe that we do not have to, as God's people, uh, there was a unique situation in that day of Christ, 
uh, it would have to be the same exact conditions for us to commit an unpardonable sin. But since we're children of God, I don't think we can. Okay. So uh, hopefully that's cleared some things up. If not, then you definitely let me know, and uh, I'll try to help you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. We pray your grace.